JFK moon landings and bike racing, it's pun intensive. Welcome to Pun Intensive. Sitting around the table with me today are uh, Goliath's greatest foe, David Guggenheim. He's a running for office in 2020, Arun Debray. Air running against Arun in 2020, Aaron Faisal, that's me. Halleck job, Brownie, Gary Halleck, and Bart Brehob. Even though he's not having a cow, he built his cow and bunker. So let's start off with our Zinger of the Week. Zinger of the Week, true tales and testaments of the wit and word perpetrated in real life by ours truly. Let's start with longtime producer, now producer emeritus of the O. Henry pun-off, Gary Halleck. Gary? Yeah, speculating about the controversial governor of Puerto Rico, now the former (laughs) governor of Puerto Rico, who was staunchly refusing to resign for all those weeks in the face of massive protests and ridicule, a radio announcer I heard said, the governor is going to hold on to his position. And right away I heard possession, which of course Puerto Rico is already a possession, possession. right? <laughs> so so uh, he's going to hold on to his possession. Well, in school we were taught that it belongs to us, U.S., right? But everyone knows that position is nine-tenths of the law. Uh, so <laughs> the other tenth, of course, is location, location, location. Unless, of course, you pronounce it like a speech therapist, then it's locution, locution, locution. <laughs> See, I thought it belongs to us, like all of us, which is why it's a commonwealth. And long time, and by that I mean, what, three years competitor yes. of the O. Henry Panoff Arun Debray. So I was talking to a friend who's actually living in another country right now, and what she said was, there's a big storm coming for the next several days, and probably my power's going to go out, and it's just a mess, and so she's pretty unhappy. And I said, yeah, power struggles. They suck. <laughs> Did Russia meddle with our elocution? Russia will be meddling next year in the Olympics, I'm sure. I believe our current producer of the O. Henry Punoff, David Guggenheim, just gave his zinger of the week. The Russian elocution. <laughs> I, w- I, had, I was putting it out there for everybody. <laughs> we may have to fall back on Aaron's extra zinger. Have you got an extra zinger <laughs> for I, us this week? Well, I do, actually. So the way I came up with this is kind of funny. It had to do with misreading some guy's T-shirt. But I'll just put in the joke that I created out of it. What is Donald Trump's favorite martial art? Krav Maga. It's almost as obscure as the downward dog. <laughs> well, uh, with that, I'll tell you what. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Yoga. Sound like you do. <laughs> but with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. But when we come back, we're going to play a pretty cool game. Stick around. As usual, coming back from the first break, we are going to play a game. I'm going to hand this off to Gary, however. We're going to try to find out what he's thinking. I live inside my own head most of the time, and it's a very crowded and noisy place. When I create a pun, if you have a very leaky memory like me, you have to write these things down. And the danger is if you don't write it down, and then you can't remember it later, you think, oh, that was the best pun I made, but I can't remember what it was. But, oh, and then you just are in regret for, mm-hmm. for days because of one that you failed to write down. Yet if you do write it down, 
you haven't fully fleshed it out, so it's just a little scrap of paper with a punchline or a gag uh, oh. idea on it. <laughs> and you, co- and you come this. back later to look at it, and you think, what was I thinking? <laughs> Especially if it was in the middle of the night and you wrote it in the dark. <laughs> just forget that one. I'm going to show you my visual aid here. This is just recent production right here of these little scraps of paper that accumulate in my life like a snowdrift. Many of them are illegible, undecipherable, and mostly throwaway. But if somebody else found my notes, which, you know, I'm, I just turned 68 years old this year. How are we <laughs> going to make Gary's ultimate pun book out of these little scraps of notes and everything? So this is going to be a test to see whether or not your brain can work the same way my brain worked, or maybe do it one better. Maybe we can make it fun. No, no, no way, no way. So, who's up for this little experiment? I'm curious. It's okay. Arun gets the first one. So, what I have here, it says, who canasta more, question mark, and there's an asterisk in the upper right-hand corner. What's canasta? Oh, it's a card game. It's a card game. Okay. I don't know anything else about canasta. (laughs) And lacking other context, I'm not sure that I can do anything with this. I'm sorry. It's just not in the cards for me. The subject is card games. So, I think what Gary... I think I figured out who can ask for more should be who can ask for more. But I guess, you know, Gary is poker facing, of course. So here, here, here is... <laughs> I never touched her face. <laughs> so here is my attempt at fitting this into some sort of routine. <clears throat> I gave her my heart and I gave her diamonds. We went to the most exclusive clubs. Who can ask for more? Apparently her. It's time to call a spade a spade. You did me one better. Almost a limerick. Oh, well, if only it rhymed. What do you got, Bart? You got anything? Yeah, you gave, I think he gave me the easy one. It says D. Kremlin eyes. To me, the obvious one. You know, even if Mueller did find collusion on Trump by the executive order, he would just D. Kremlin eyes his activities. Oh, that's good. It actually was one that I heard on the radio this past week where they said something about decriminalizing something, and I heard Kremlin. And <laughs> I thought, well, there's got to be something going on there, too. I almost turned that one into a zinger, but I figured I'd, I'd save it for this game. Okay, David, what do you got? Evasive maneuvers. Obviously, it's a pun on evasive maneuvers. I'm thinking, uh, what is Latin for shit-faced? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, I want to go back to diplomatic community, because that word diplomatic, to me, the, the root is diplomat. Diplomat would be like a vending machine that you buy a diploma from, right? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> like di- so diploma mill, right? <laughs> th- this will give you insight into how I like to write my limericks. This is what I have written down so far. Da-da, da-da, impunity. Those crazy English and their loony tea. da 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 diplomatic community. I just need a few more minutes. That's surprisingly similar to the way that I construct a limerick. I start with a rhyme that will kind of take you by surprise. And a lot of times I end up rolling the rhyme into the middle of the line. So the word that I've started out trying to rhyme ends up in the middle of the line because it was just too awkward or it, or it telegraphs itself too, mm. too well. So has anybody here at some point in your life watched the Smurfs or read the comic book or comic strip or anything like that? There's one Smurf who is always staring into the mirror because he thinks he's so good looking. They call him, this is true, they call him Veiny Smurf. Uh, which is funny in and of itself. Because he's blue. Wait till he gets really, really old. But (laughs) But there was an episode where they 
got in a spaceship and landed on the moon. And you know what they said about Vaney? The ego has landed. <laughs> Which just happens to be what you wrote on my card. Oh, oh <laughs> nice. Ego has landed. Yeah, he did not want to telegraph his punchline to us. <laughs> now, obviously, it's a reference to the eagle has landed, and we only so very recently had the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. So I am guessing what was Gary thinking vis-a-vis uh, <laughs> what was Gary thinking? One of, those, one of those zingers that didn't happen. That somebody, well, that, that somebody was talking about the moon landing when you misheard it as the ego has landed. Absolutely. Thank you, Vaney Smurf. <laughs> and, and if you were going to make a Smurf limerick, it would be... I don't know. That sounds like it would be in vain. Um, I think I figured out mine. So what I have written here says bloody merger. And so probably, you know, the intent was bloody murder, except this is about like corporate mergers. So you can make a pun on that, like, in a fairly standard way. You know, my boss told me some other corporation is doing an aggressive takeover of our company, and I screamed, bloody merger! That's exactly it? Exactly. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no right answer, really. But there also was. But, but, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's absolutely what I was going for, but that's fairly obvious. Yeah. And, uh, no, I I was was basically applauding you that 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 was about as good as you could do with with that, unless you turn it into a limerick or song parody or, or what rhymes with murder Double. nerf herder i don't know <laughs> you could have done a different thing like a big, a big pile up on the highway where you where, where the merging lanes are coming together and oh no yeah the big bloody merger like that i drew a latour difference wait what which, latour difference which is obviously a pun on latour de france oh, oh. but i'm thinking that there's a very talented family who has participated in the punt-off that comes down here from New York, the Gwizdowskis, and the member of the family who has won many times when he shows up, his first name is Jersey, when he shows up to Austin every year, Gary shouts, yellow Jersey. (laughs) Okay, so what I've done is inspired you to make a totally different pun about the Tour de France because I've planted the idea in your head, and you're not going to pun on the word the difference between difference and difference. So what's the cause of the most common emergency while driving? And Aggie was trying to dim his lights and I was stuck in the wheel. Just a a simple attitude of emergency. 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 But that's not the one you drew, is it, Bart? No, it's not. I just thought I'd add a little something in. Well, what did you get, Bart? Well, this one's just really kind of humiliating when you come right down to it. I thought I was doing good until until he gave me this. It's took the wind out of his sails, spelled S-A-L-E-S. Obviously, that's a a salesperson doesn't want to have the... But where was Gary going? What was he thinking when he wrote this? Here's a guess. He was was thinking about uh, Amazon, right? And how all these businesses are going under. I mean, here's an option. I mean, so so you have this guy who sells yachts, and he really likes selling yachts. He thinks, thinks, I'm going to move to to like the tropics, right around the equator, and I'm going to sell yachts and and sailboats and all these things and you know his business just dried up and didn't work and it turns out that of course there's no wind at the equator it's the doldrums 
so it just took all the wind out of his sails. There you go. Yeah. Yahtzee. Arun won that game. All right. <laughs> so much for that little experiment. Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun digging into my brain with the synapses. Excellent. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. But when we come back, we're going to learn a little bit more about... We'll find out. Stick around. special guest Bart Brehob and pick his brain a little bit. He is a, a lot less involved with punnery than everyone else sitting around this table, which makes him ripe for the pickings. So I'm going to have his good friend Gary Halleck go ahead and pick this up. I described Bart when I told you that I had a wild card arriving today as a longtime friend and a guy that I've punned with for a long time, but I mostly pun at him. <laughs> Uh, and it bounces, rolls right off his back <laughs> like, a, like a duck to water or a duck from water or whatever. The, water. He, he, ducks, he ducks when he sees him coming. And he, he also manages to deflect a lot of my puns by trying to pun shame me. And I'll say, well, you just think you're so clever with all those puns, but what about O.J. Simpson and the, all the <laughs> What about our global economic crisis? And blah, blah. So, so he wants to turn around and, be, and get serious on me uh, and talk about conspiracy theories or economic theories. Or heaven forbid, something that might be relevant and important. <laughs> heaven forbid the actual job that we're supposed to be working on, because I work with him pretty closely on a number of construction things over the course of probably close to 40 years. I've been in his world to some degree or another, mm-hmm. but he keeps coming back for more for some reason. I think it might have something to do with the fact that I pay him now and then, but I could not pay him enough to suffer through my punning. You have and, the most work available that hasn't been done yet. And so <laughs> I can see pure productivity in my future. But when it comes to actual punning, he actually does pull off a zinger or two now and then, especially in the right time and context. I can get him going and he'll match me one for one or maybe two for one. First of all, I wanted to ask you, Bart, you have been to the pun off before. You've suffered through years and years of me punning. You've seen me in action on the stage, and you've questioned the validity of my devoting that much time and energy to this art form that I'm obsessed with, which you obviously don't appreciate or invest in the way that I do. But what is your take? I'm, I'm in, interested to know, as a, as a callous, casual observer, what is your take? Is it a totally futile preoccupation for me and, and people like me to do what it is that we're doing? Is there any social value to it at all? Well, as Gary asked me that question, I think it's fascinating that we live at a certain time where we have so many outlets within the context of culture that we have to involve ourselves. We're not at the Tiddlywinks tournament today. We're not out golfing. We're in a room throwing <laughs> puns around, and you guys are very accomplished at it. And if I had some appreciation for it, I'd be more impressed. The, <laughs> the thing that's funny about it is, is that just using more outlets to find humor would seem to make more sense rather than trying to limit yourself to puns. And it's just it's funny that some people get so into it, and I think they are so into it a lot of times because they're good at it. And if you... You know, you spend some time letting your brain go there, you get better and better. If you spend your time skateboarding, you get better and better at it. It's like anything else, and it's sort of a little, it, it's a niche thing. I'm not, uh, I'm not bothered by it, Gary. 
I'm not horrified by it. It's the other things you do that really piss me off. <laughs> In the past, I've done quite a bit of improvisational comedy, uh, long form. So not like Whose Line Is Anyway, where they play specific games, although those ones are great for punning, but long form. So it's kind of like a play. Like It's like an improvised play. And it's a terrible venue for puns because it's, well, you know, it, it, it's about relationships. I mean, you know, it's, you, you, a, a good improv show is good for the same reasons that a good play or good movie is good. With that said, when someone comes up with a really brilliant pun, I, I can say, at least me personally, maybe it's because I appreciate puns, some of the funniest things I've ever seen in an improv show happen to be a, a, a punch line. It's interesting. So I have a friend who does improv and he hates puns. He appreciates it in the sense that like he notices that this is a thing that I do that I'm good at and that it's, he does a different kind of humor that he's good at. But apart from that, he hates it. And when he does improv, he you know, obviously does not tell puns and he, try, he prefers that his friends don't you know, or whoever he's doing improv with. And I think they do the slightly longer form stuff that you mentioned. I remember going to one of his shows and it was a half an hour play-like thing. I, I think part of the problem with puns in improv is that it can be a showstopper. Right. Uh, I think he mentioned something if, similar. If, the, if, what, if what you're saying is potentially a setup for the other guy, it might distract him from where he wanted to go. And if right. you're trying to create a plot line or something like that, it's distracting for the plot line. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of a nascent challenge to the other guy to retort, which under other circumstances might be okay. But a lot of our best contestants at the pun off have come out of the world of improv. So you know that, that urge is there in them, but the mandate for improv is to create a little bit of drama, a little bit of comedy, mix it together, and puns would tend to be a sort of a shortcut, to say the least, or a distraction or, or you know, breaking of the, of, the, of the rules of improv. But right. back, back, to, back to Bart, though, as, as, a, as audience, you've been at the pun-off did you stay for the whole show? Did you just kind of stand there in awe or in disgust I, or what? You talked earlier about living in your own head a lot. I'm, you know, kind of like that a lot myself. And I'll see a little bit of something, and it'll get me thinking about other things, and I'll just kind of wander off into the sunset. So I might have spent an hour here at one punt-off, an hour and a half there at another punt-off, but it doesn't really keep me amused. And it's just sort of, I'd watch half a football game. You know, <laughs> don't really care who won. Yeah. Well, that's the thing for me. I'm so into the culture of the pun off and the personalities and everything. I can't possibly be the kind of audience that you or a first timer could be because I have been there as a contestant. And anybody who watches a sporting event and has played that sport before, inevitably is bringing something different to it than a casual observer who just says, oh, these people are throwing this ball back and forth or they're, they're kicking this thing or whatever. They're going to see a whole different thing than if you have actually played that game before because you are vicariously living every swing, every punch, every whatever it is that you're watching because your muscle memory yeah. is there. And I have brain muscle memory when I watch the punt off. I'm right in there with those two guys that are sparring on that topic. And if I was there, I would say this. And if I was there, I would have retorted with that. And of course I can't, as an MC especially I can't, but as an audience, I'm, I'm, just, I'm playing along as the third party in that event. So that's what makes game shows popular or unpopular. Dennis Miller tried launching a game show some years back 
where he would test contestants' memory. And he would ask them questions like, when you were seven years old, what was your next door neighbor's name? And the problem was you couldn't play along, whereas on Jeopardy, you can play along because most of us have had access to the same knowledge that the contestants have had. Another, I got another question for Bart. I know you have made puns before. Have you ever alienated somebody really badly by pulling off a pun and they weren't expecting it or annoying them or endangered yourself in some way? Uh, you think of all the, a person, a bunch of, of good good things about somebody, and then there's something that's real annoying or real off with a person, and you just, most people would let that go. A lot of times I don't, and I think that's what gets me in the most trouble with people. Like a guy tells me about the deal he got on his motorcycle, I might say, Harley seems worth it, but <laughs> I don't think that's going to offend anybody. You know, it's just a... Uh, oh, I don't know. I know a lot I, of hog owners. Now, that. I remember a zinger from probably 15 or 20 years ago, one of your trucks or whatever, you had trouble with your starter, and I said something about it. Maybe it's the solenoid. And I said something about, I'm not the only one annoyed. Other people have this problem. <laughs> See, that was a great zinger. <laughs> Even 20 years ago, it was a great zinger, and I love it still. And I, and I credit you every time I use it. Well, thank you. But, it, but if, it, if it harmed your psyche, then it would be soul-annoyed, S-O-U-L. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different part. Uh, question coming back at you guys. What percentage of people flush it out versus flush it down? Philosophically, where do people stand? Do you find a lot of people that are annoyed with the idea that you guys put a lot of time into punning? Or, well, I've, or, almost everybody that I've ever met at the pun-off has a significant other that is not interested in punning, which is very interesting to me. This explains a lot, actually. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. no, I mean, you know, you think of your significant other as someone with shared values and a lot in common, but but I don't know I've ever known a couple Opposite, that... Opposites distract. Uh, <laughs> so my, my parents both like puns and both tell puns. My dad tells more than my mom, but they'll both do it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Puns, to be clear. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that's been my experience. I suspect my experience is not unique in that I've always loved and appreciated puns long before I knew what a pun was. You know what I'm saying? So, like headlines. The reason I like that headlines game so much is because as a very young person, I was reading headlines. And I thought, oh, that's clever. You know, oh, I get that. And I, I, I hadn't the foggiest idea that it was a pun. And even now, a lot of times you hear just wordplay. And I love it, and I don't automatically think, oh, that's a pun. So I don't know if that really answers your question. <laughs> I agree. I liked wordplay of various forms when I was younger, and it wasn't like, oh, puns are my thing. I was like, yeah, I mean, playing Scrabble is fun. You know, reading headlines is fun. Hearing jokes is fun. The thing you mentioned about significant others reminds me of something funny, which is not that long before my ex and I broke up, a friend said to me, you know that she loves you because she hates puns, but she still puts up with you. There you go. True love. Uh, yeah. And yet. Well, it, it, you know, it, 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 it does require an audience. You know, if you, if, you t if you make a pun and nobody hears it, is it still, yes, not, actually, is it still not funny? I, <laughs> it is, in fact, still not funny. I've been yeah. assured of this by people. But no, I, I think, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, but I, I do think that punning is actually a form of humor that you don't necessarily have to have an audience. At least if you're like me, and I am, I really appreciate good wordplay and good humor, and I'm perfectly happy to be 
Well, you can amuse yourself like I do when I'm listening to the radio. You can amuse yourself, yeah. but at some point you do feel compelled to share it. Oh, 100%. Now, I, I, this thing about relationships, I, I find it really, really sexy when a woman enjoys puns and makes puns and is willing to banter with you in puns. But I don't think that I would want to be married to one of them. <laughs> I don't think I would. I don't think I would be able to stand it if somebody wasn't, you know, reining it in or, or being sober. Sometime, it's the same way with you guys. I mean, I, most of the people that I hang around with and do puns with are guys, so I'm immune from having to even have any kind of sexual tension at all there. But the the where do you find these adultra puntresses? <laughs> Adult, adulterous punsters. <laughs> so in my limited experience, which is more than zero, I had a friend who made puns at a very low background rate. Then we dated for a while. She started making pun- a lot more puns to the point where other people noticed. Then we broke up and you know, stayed, you know, still stayed in contact. And she gradually went back down to making fewer puns. So I think this is something where if I have someone, if I end up dating or marrying someone who like is receptive to making puns, it's probably going to get drawn out of her just as a sort of process and I think that's not more than 90 seconds though if, if, if you're drawn out more than 90 seconds you get a gong I, I've heard that lasting long is a good thing in these situations so I don't know <laughs> the best is when they pun back is it really yes is it really yes. best though I mean it, it, for, for dating and for the thrill and the adrenaline of, of a romantic pursuit sure. maybe but long term I mean I'm, I'm t- talking as a guy who's been married for right. 42 years I, been- I just can't imagine what it would be like to be married to somebody as competitively punny as I, well, I am. It's not competitive always, is the thing. I can, no. No, well, okay, here's what I can imagine. So my wife is one of the funniest people on the planet. She rarely does puns, but she does. But rarely. She is much more likely to indicate disgust or dismay or disdain when I make a pun. But it's, it's, it's a not-so-subtle signal to dial it back. Of course it is. She, yeah, she no, that's wa- <laughs> she, she wants to she wants to appreciate it, but she doesn't want to encourage you. But, but when I first started getting into this crowd, I remember spending several times around a table, usually at a, at a pub or something, with David and with Gary, and it it, it it's a lot of times it was just it was too much for my brain to handle. You know what I mean? You guys were going back and forth punning and of course you have a competitive you know nature too much in that you didn't you couldn't keep up with listening to it or you wanted to participate but you couldn't keep up with yeah i I think it's more of the latter yeah yeah it it was it was there was there was so much of it not to mention we didn't always get the business done that we had hoped well that's the other thing if you're trying to conduct business forget (laughs) it i mean i i've been i've been meeting with various collections of of punsters for for 30 some odd years trying to conduct business, trying to, you know, codify the rules for the pun off, trying to solicit donors for the for the auctions and all of this stuff, you know, and inevitably you hit a point where somebody pulls off a good one and the next thing you know, boom, 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 everybody's right. punning. Right. And so we, we used to we used to call it, uh, well, we're calling a moratorium. There's a moratorium on punning at this meeting and that would last about 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, and then somebody breaks it and, and all hell breaks loose. And, and so just, just to clarify, uh, I, I never left thinking that it, it wasn't a great time, but I'm, I'm thinking in, in what you're talking about, if, if, if I had to live with somebody like that, uh, even I would well, have a hard time with that. But that seems, I mean, this is like any hobby that people are deep in enough. So the math grad students at UT have parties where it's mostly math grad students and there's a rule, no math after 9 p.m. Hmm. Because 
because otherwise it's much like what you said. We're like, you know, we're, we're not going to talk but about it for a while. We're going to have our fun. Basically, 9 p.m. is math. Actually, it would be the aftermath. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> so, so what you do is, because you have this moratorium, you're forced to actually be real people. Not that being math makes one not a real person, but you have to exercise the other part of yourself. And then, okay, it doesn't last forever, but it does help. And so I think it sounds like something similar here, where there's this moratorium yeah. that allows you to get at least 10 minutes of business done. Yeah. more difficult to rein it in, have a moratorium, have a serious meeting. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I don't ever sit next to you at those O'Henry board <laughs> meetings, because if I'm within earshot of you, you and I are going to be passing puns <laughs> back and forth, and everybody else is talking business over there. And even when I'm totally across the table behind somebody else and there's a great punch line available, it's like, is David looking at me now? I can't tell. Bart, I have to say, this is one of the more interesting conversations to me that we've had during this segment. Did you think that you had set off such a... <laughs> Best interview ever. You guys do puns. You don't do conversations. <laughs> I don't deserve any credit. All right. Well, let, let, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, call that wrapped up. Let Bart sign off. He's got something to say. What, oh, I'm sorry. You good? No, I, I, I'm just trying to. I was playing with if a tree puns to a florist, is it bouquet or something? That is a good wrap up. All right. So when we come back, we are going to play a very popular game from the O. Henry Punoff. Stick around. We are back. We're going to play the ever-famous Pun Slingers game. This time what I want to do is have Arun and David on one team. On the other team, we're going to have Bart and Gary. Uh, the request has been made that I choose a very difficult topic. So I'm going to choose country music. So this one is going to go swiftly is what you're telling us? Oh, I see what you did there. You could, you could ta tailor that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it gives me the willies. I play guitar. I'm not great. Maybe I'm like a half Nelson. Oh, Willie? You know what you put in the pay toilet? What? Johnny Cash. <laughs> that was a joke and a pun. <laughs> They're supposed to all be jokes and a pun. <laughs> you, you, but you used up all your Johnny Paycheck on that one. <laughs> so uh, Sea Chanty is not technically country music, but I do like Waylon music. One of the most popular musicals on Broadway right now, it's called Burr. After Aaron Burr, written by Loretta Lynn Miranda. Now, Gary's a little upset that I didn't get his wheelbarrow back on time, so I hope I can get a Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, she is mentioned in the Bible, the Dolly Parton of the Seas. <laughs> so in uh, my, my algebra class in middle school, the teacher said, you know, I, I probably shouldn't tell this joke, but we call improper fractions when I was growing up. We called them Dolly Parton numbers because they're bigger on the top than on the bottom. <laughs> and so I was like, I was young enough that I was like, is she, who is she? Is she fat? <laughs> and then a couple, several years later, I was like, oh, right. She is uh, well known for being well endowed, but she right. also is a very good storyteller, but she seldom takes her rack on tour. <laughs> When Naroon's coming up on stage at the pun-off next year, I'm going to introduce him. I'm going to say, our next, our next tub, our next tub on stage is Arun Wow. All right. Have you, um, um, have you guys listened to Old Town Road by any chance? Oh. Old Town Road? So, yeah, what's up with that yeah. song being so popular? I don't get it. It's, 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 a, it's a song that's country rap or rap country or something. But anyways, it's do you think it's popular. good? I thought it was a little nice. 
<laughs> it made me a little hoarse. I think I'm catching a cult. Oh, topic is country western musicians, right? Country, yeah, country music, yeah. <laughs> Did Asleep at the Wheels tour bus have Bob Wheels on it? You know, there's fair bit of controversy amongst certain groups of people as to how JFK was actually killed. Turns out it was a Patsy Klein. <laughs> Whose team are you on, Aaron? Also, is that actually a pun? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, Patsy Klein. All right. And that's two JFK assassination references in one show. So I know. Oh, 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 I don't remember that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> funny people don't remember it. Wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> so, um, so I saw this group. You know, maybe it was back in two thousand six or something. And they, not only did they do this like great country show, but they also did an anti-war protest. And I was like, wow, I dig these chicks. <laughs> when you think of the other different music they could have played, you got to wonder what they what. Van Halen, they were thinking. The famous country western band, <laughs> Van Halen. We're going down the old town road. They would have made a better country western band. What in Val Halen were they thinking? <laughs> That's where I meant to go. I got gotcha. you. There we go. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. I'm thinking Ken puns ahead here, fellas. <laughs> So everybody says that the westward migration back in the 1800s was really hard on the settlers, but they did get to stop and take steam baths every now and then. You've heard of the saunas of the pioneers? The saunas of the pioneers. I'm going way back. <laughs> you know why I like country music, though? Because there's so many pearls of wisdom. I, I could think of one, I could think of two, but gee, not three. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> I've been thinking of this one name the whole time, and I can't seem to come up with a pun on this. Wait, so which, which name were you thinking of? Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers, one of the original singing cowboys, so, but I can't, I can't really come up with right. a decent so when pun Buck, about, unless you want to go with Rogering. How about, so whenever Buck Owens is trying to communicate with his buddy over the walkie-talkie, Roy Rogers. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, right. there we go. <laughs> and, and, that's good. And, and if you can't, get the money for the Johnny Cash by ca cashing your Johnny paycheck, you might be Buck Owens. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a good place to wrap that up. I get to determine who the winner is. I'm going to give this one to Arun because he happens to be the person I'm looking at right now. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. There you go. It's all about line of <laughs> <Thank> sight. <you. laughs> but when we come back, we are going to give some advice to our audience and they will learn to grow from it. And we are back. I want to remind our listeners to check us out at facebook.com slash punintensive, twitter.com slash punintensive, punintensive.com, instagram.com slash punintensive, and so on and so forth. We're going to wrap up with advice. We are recording this toward the end of the summer season. People will be going back to school in a few weeks, and anybody who is taking a biology class might be a little concerned. Well, turns out we have five biologists sitting around the table right now, and they have some excellent advice to give you. I'm going to start off. 
If you are ever having any problem with your plants, uh, do what my friend Seymour did. He was suddenly enraged by his plant and chloroplastered him in the face. Uh, Arun Debray. Sure. So let's say you're on vacation on some nice small tropical island and you put your pants on the wrong way. And that's, oh, well, you know, that's gene drift. Oh. <laughs> What, what, about, what I, about the swallowtailed flycatcher? <laughs> I don't know if that's biology 101 or biology 708. <laughs> Came up when I was in high school. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, at least I put my pants on the wrong way in high school. Same difference, right? <laughs> All right. And uh, David Guggenheim. I realized that the main reason a cell would uh, split in two is because it was fishing for a pun. <laughs> and Bart Brehob. You got nothing? No, no cellular energy at the moment. Oh. <laughs> that, you know, why don't you why don't you try some cell division? You said yeah, some it's time a tough in prison, cell. haven't you? <laughs> and Gary Halleck. Everybody knows about and makes jokes about mom genes, but I have dad genes, which is what makes dad jokes, of course, but beyond that. Dad genes are known because they have a relaxed fit genes. You know, they, they use the recumbent DNA. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's why I'm lying down all the time. <laughs> I love it. That's a great. All right. And, uh, of course, I am Aaron Faisal, your host. I am signing off with a catchphrase. We'll see you next time.